It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. We're getting you ready for the game on The Build-Up with news from around the league, interviews, highlights, and more. Here's your host, Ted Ramey. All right, what's happening, everybody? And welcome as we get ready for the San Jose Sharks to take on the Vancouver Canucks before the holiday break. Just some news that's coming out of this morning's skate. Uh, Mackenzie Blackwood will get the start for San Jose. Alexander Barabanov is not going to play. He is out sick. Uh, so that's what we know at this point. Of course, stay tuned for Dan Ruzanowski's Teal Report. He might have some more updated information as well. Uh, but right now, we're going to talk about Vancouver and a lot of things around the NHL with our good friend Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks. Brendan, happy holidays. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going well. Happy holidays to you and all of your listeners. So let me ask you, if I had told you in October of 2022, would it have made more sense that Vancouver was in first place heading into the last game before Christmas? Or does it make more sense if I had told you that of October 2023? Uh, it doesn't make sense in either timeline. <laughs> uh, it's 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 unbelievable, to be honest. Uh, you know, this Canucks team, you know, there was some optimism going into the 2022-2023 season about them. Of course, Bruce Boudreaux was the head coach at that time. He had had... Uh, a good stretch run with the team the previous year, ultimately falling short of making the playoffs. And he had the quote that, you know, was famous at the time and became infamous that it would be a big disaster if the Canucks missed the playoffs. And big disaster is about the best way to describe the 2022-2023 season for, for the Canucks. They had all sorts of off-ice storylines going against them. On the ice, they weren't very good. They made another in-season coaching change going to Rick Tockett in January. But that really is where the, the script has kind of flipped. You know, they had a good record under Tockett down the stretch, but they were too low in the standings to make the playoffs. So it was a second-half push for a second year in a row. The difference is that Rick Tockett has been able to carry forward what the team accomplished late last season and bring it into this year and not just – you know, play the same way that they did down the stretch last year, but build on the success to the point where, you know, if they win tonight over the Sharks, they will go into the Christmas break in number one in the NHL standings, which I don't even think if you caught Rick Tockett in an honest moment, he would tell you that he expected from this group coming into the season. The other thing that's been so impressive about Vancouver is that I feel like they're getting better as we get deeper into the season. Like, this isn't just a hot start any longer. Like, I watch the way they're playing, and I, I know that you can say, oh, well, you know, they lost to Dallas the other night, which, by the way, had playoff preview written all over it, which was a, a great game. But, I mean, you know, right now, like you said, they're tied with Vegas for having the best record in the NHL, and if they get a win, they will go in as the uh, as the number one team, or tied for points, I should say, rather. But, you know, if they not only have they, um, you know, continue to get better, but they've passed Vegas now. And Vegas is the defending champions, granted, last season is last season. But I, I think, Brandon, like I was saying, that's what gets me. It's like it's not just that they are good. It's that I'm continually watching a better team on the ice every time. 
Yeah, and, you know, there are a lot of things that have gone into that. You know, they've been relatively lucky to be healthy for the most part. They have had some injuries uh, to kind of their bottom six forward group, and they're without Carson Soucy right now, who was a free agent signing that, you know, many people thought could be a top four defenseman for them. Um, that, you know, he's been out of the lineup. So that's been a situation where uh, they have had some injuries, but none of their key guys have been hurt. Whereas you look at last year, Demko missed 35 games and that really cost them. So they've been healthy. Their top players have all been playing to a level that, um, you know, is maybe even greater than, than what would be expected of them. And then one of the biggest differences for this group is an increase in quality depth for my money. Their third line right now with Teddy Bluger, Dakota Joshua and Connor Garland might be their best line in terms of how they're playing. So it's not just the top guys being relied upon to produce every night. Uh, they're getting depth scoring and then defensively uh, it's night and day compared to how they played last year in terms of the way they defend and how how hard they make it on teams to score against them. What's amazing is looking back at all the moves that have been made, 13 trades Vancouver was a part of in the 2023 calendar year. And you go back on, I mean, there's just so many that look so impactful on what we've seen play out on the ice this year. I mean, they were involved with the Sharks one just a, a week ago or so. Um, you know, that it's just, it's not just the, the on-ice results. It's been, there's such a, a different way of going about the business and at least being aggressive and making changes and doing things that they have turned into a very high quality product on the ice. Yeah. And you know, the, the biggest things you look at with this group is the accountability that, that Rick Tockett has brought in where, you know, he wasn't afraid to bench a player like JT Miller earlier this season. He hasn't been afraid to healthy scratch a player like, Andre Kuzmenko so it's you know not accountability that we see from some teams where you know if you're down the lineup you'll be held accountable but the star players it doesn't apply to uh, this is a team that's bought into the way they need to play on a night-to-night -night basis because they have a head coach that holds them accountable and they know that there's a standard they have to set every night that they step on the ice and you know we've heard from Rick Tockett after games where they win and he's not happy with the performance conversely there are games where they lose and he says you know I thought we played really well and deserved better so they're a team that's always focused on the here and now you know being in the dressing room this morning uh talking to some of the guys none of them want to talk about the fact they're in first place they're all focused on getting the two points tonight against the sharks and that's a mentality that served them well to this point in the year i know i brought up the the playoff preview against dallas i can't have been the only person who thought that is rick tockett working hard to keep those type of thoughts out of the room like at what point does he start emphasizing like hey we've got something potentially special this year as opposed to let's not get out over our skis well, he, he, he's kind of doing both because while he doesn't want the team to look forward, he is always talking about playing the way you need to play in those important games and doing it now. So, you know, this isn't a group that's talking about playoffs. They're not talking about what they might want to accomplish, but they are talking about getting their game to a level where they are playing playoff-like hockey 
in the regular season. So it's kind of a, a, a tough needle to thread for the head coach because, you know, they, they preach so much. You know, I was talking to him this morning for the interview I do with him on our pregame mm-hmm. show every game, and he was talking about you have to earn your day, and every day in the NHL you have to show up to the rink and work hard and earn that day. And that really is the message. This team doesn't look too far ahead. They're always focused on the next practice, the next game, you know, the next shift, the next play they have to make. But at the same time, all of that is emphasizing that their game needs to be in a spot so that when they do get to those important games late in the regular season and into the playoffs, the way you need to play to have success has become a habit at that point. And it's not something that they need to find when we get into April and potentially May and June. We go back to the start of November Vancouver spanks the Sharks 10 to 1. They play a couple of weeks later. Vancouver has a much more competitive game, beating the Sharks 3 to 1. In the third meeting of the year, the Sharks get a 4 3 win over Vancouver. So, how does Rick Tockett play this? Is he reminding the team that they, you know, beat them handily earlier in the year? Is he telling them maybe that they didn't take them, um, you know, seriously enough in their most recent contest? Because uh, obviously, 10 1 is going to be pretty rare, but the Sharks you know, we're much better in game number two and then flip the script in game number three. Yeah, I talked to him this morning and the thing he was emphasizing is just how hardworking the Sharks are as a team and that, you know, the Canucks can't afford to be thinking about the Christmas break or, you know, you know, they've got a flight out to see their family tomorrow because they get the, the, the break in the schedule here because this is a team that is one of the hardest working teams in the NHL. They've had more success of late and you cannot afford to take them lightly or to think that you might have an easy game against them like in one game. So, uh, um, that that seems to be the emphasis from the head coach, and that makes sense because we've seen the Sharks improve as a team and, and get more results and, and find a way to have more success under David Quinn in, in recent weeks and months. So, um, you know, this is a team that never wants to look back. They always want to look forward, and that's something that Talkett is preaching going into this game tonight for sure. What did you think in terms of those three games? Because you saw the Sharks get blasted by the Canucks 10-1 to and that's, that's pretty rare, especially on home ice. And then, you know, the, the next time was a much more competitive game. You know, ha, have you ever been part of a, of a 10-1 broadcast before when it's a it's the visiting team dropping 10? I'm, I, you know, quick memory tells me I can't remember Vancouver previously scoring 10 on the road anytime recently. <laughs> but, I you know, I, I could be forgetting something. I, I don't remember everything, Brendan. I, I remember a lot, but not everything. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't. The only thing that comes close to it is they beat the Oilers eight to one in the season opener this year, which is right. a big surprise. So the Canucks have had a couple of those games this year, but you know we know those things in the NHL are are more an aberration than than something that happens regularly. And um, you know, regardless of where you sit in the standings, and this is something that Talkett mentioned to me this morning too. Is he says I don't care who's in first place, second place, tenth place. 32nd place you've got to show up with your work boots and be ready to play this is the best league in the world and even a team that's further down the standings has a chance to win a game on any single night because you know they're they're the, some of the best players in the world regardless of how may, things may be going for them at the moment so that's the mentality for the Canucks and I think it's something they have to guard against because when you are a team that's up the standings when you are a team that's had a lot of success it's probably very easy to sort of treat this game like a trap game you know sharks are further down in the standings the christmas breaks coming up you know i'm, I'm sure you're dealing with all sorts of 
family obligations and doing your Christmas shopping and all of these things that, you know, all of us regular people deal with too. <laughs> Guess what? NHL players have to deal with that as well. But at the same time, you still got a game to play tonight. And if you're not ready to go, then, you know, you, you can drop points. And I think that's kind of what we've seen uh, from the, the last two games from the Canucks against the Sharks, as opposed to that first game is, you know, I thought San Jose was fully deserving of the two points in the most recent meeting where the Canucks didn't play to the level that they expect of themselves, their coaching staff expects of them. And as a result, the Sharks were able to, to steal a couple of points from them. You talked about, you know, every team in the NHL, it's the best league in the world. And it's a story that usually gets used more in the NBA these days. They say, oh, every team has a superstar but I feel like that's pretty true of the NHL this, these days. And I look at JT Miller and Quinn Hughes and the seasons they're having. But I also look over at the San Jose Sharks and they have a a guy like Tomas Hurdle who at any point can change a game. And then Logan Couture has been out, but we all know that, you know, how he has been at different points of his career. Like that's what makes it so competitive is that in any individual game, you have these guys who can suddenly go supernova and change everything. Yeah. And, you know, talking about that, I think back to the goal that Mikhail Granlund scored that kind of allowed the Sharks to beat the Canucks where, um, you know, maybe he's not having the best individual season and not putting up some of the numbers that he has in the past. But he skated through the entire Canucks team and scored a, a highlight reel goal that allowed San Jose to go on and win that game. So just because, you know, your team's not having a great year or you're not having a great year individually, you know, doesn't mean that you're not capable of a superstar level performance on a given night. And that doesn't just go for guys that are up the lineup, like some of the players you mentioned. It goes for really anyone that's playing in this league. For guys that have reached the NHL, they have the capability. They are, you know, one of the best 700 or so people at their job in the entire world. Right. And so that's what I look at with a, a game like this tonight, where if the Canucks aren't ready, if they're not ready to go, then really anybody on the San Jose Sharks could be a game breaker. And, and you know, I'm sure Sharks fans are hoping that that's what they'll see tonight. Right now, the Canucks are 12-3-1 on home ice this year. The only team with a better split is the LA Kings on the road. Just which is weird, by the way, at 13-1-1. But to that point, <laughs> is is L.A. a team that maybe more people need to be worried about? Because the Sharks played them for the first time this year, which I could go on a longer diatribe about the scheduling, how, you know, one game against the Kings, this is game number four between the Sharks and Vancouver, but we'll save it for another time. But L.A., I mean, that that's a good team, Brendan. Like, they, not quite to the same level of Vancouver as I've seen them more this year, um, but... You know, L.A. is a good team and they play good defense and everybody's kind of been talking about Vegas and Vancouver and, you know, obviously Colorado and Dallas and Winnipeg in the West. And we can talk about the troubles of Edmonton as being a big storyline in there, too. But like L.A. is like the team that's just kind of quietly really, really good. <laughs> Well, yeah, and you mentioned the scheduling. The Canucks actually haven't played the Kings yet uh, this year. Yeah, so, it's crazy. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to see those two teams match up because I think they both probably overachieved in terms of expectations. Well, I know the Canucks have overachieved in terms of expectations. I would argue that the Kings have as well. I think they are 
you know, a sneaky Stanley Cup contender that maybe is getting less and less sneaky with every passing day. The way they play defense, you know, you can look at the standings. They give up fewer goals per game than any team in the league, and it's not really close. The Canucks actually are the only team that is even sort of in their vicinity Mm -hmm. in terms of how stingy they are defensively. They've got top players. They've got young guys that are contributing. They've got guys that know how to win that have won Stanley Cups there before. Uh, It would not surprise me at all if we're talking uh, at the end of June about the LA Kings winning the Stanley Cup this year. Uh, I've been incredibly impressed with the season they've had to this point. And, you know, you're right. Vegas, good team coming off a Stanley Cup. They've had a great season. The Canucks have had a tremendous season as well. And it's funny because I remember, I think we talked at the start of the year and I thought that things were going to be very wide open Mm -hmm. in the Pacific Division. And in fact, it it has kind of emerged that there's sort of a a haves and have nots in the division. And, you know, it's surprising to see for many, I think that teams like the Oilers have struggled as much as they have to start the year. And you kind of put them in the have not conversation, whereas the Canucks and the Kings have both outperformed expectations and are, are part of that top three group. And, you know, I think another thing that may have some people sleeping on the Kings is the fact that they're lower than the Golden Knights and the Canucks in the standings. But basically, that's only by virtue of the fact that they haven't had as busy of a schedule, haven't played as many games. They've got games in hand. And if they continue to play the way that they have to this point in the season and make up those games in hand, I could absolutely see the Kings finishing first in this division. Yeah, it's crazy. They've got five games in hand. This was something my buddy texted me about after uh, the Sharks played them the other night, and they said, why do they have so many games in hand on Vegas and Vancouver? I said, it's a very good question. And here's the thing, Brandon, like I always, I knock the some of the scheduling inconsistencies. It's probably low-key one of the hardest jobs in professional sports. And I know that the, you know, in baseball, they used to be like an old couple in Ohio or Nebraska or did it, you know, to something now. I'm sure it's all computer-driven, but it, that's, it's easy <laughs> to criticize, but man, that's, that's, Putting together these schedules, especially with all the events that happen at the different uh, venues, it, it is it is something else. But it makes for great entertainment because those those five games in hand that LA has, that's a huge wild card as we head into the Christmas break. Absolutely, it is. And then you look at all these head to head games too. Like you know, we, we joke about the they haven't played the Canucks yet, but those are a bunch of four point games that could very well determine you know who wins the division or potentially who has home ice advantage in a first-round playoff series between those two clubs. So, um, you know, the the Canucks, I think, uh, have done well with what has been a very busy schedule. We were talking to Brock Besser this morning, and he was talking about how, you know, it's been a grind. They've played a lot. They've had a lot of road games in the first half of the season, um, and they've done well to have the record that they have and pick up the number of points that they have with a busy schedule. So that's where, you know, the Kings have games in hand. That's true. It also means they're going to have a busier post-Christmas schedule than teams like the Canucks and the Golden Knights that have played more games and banked more points. So that can actually, I mentioned the fact that they've had a road-heavy schedule, a nine-game homestand in March, and you mentioned their home ice record. 
that could be a big opportunity for them to pile up more points down the stretch and potentially separate themselves from teams that are chasing them or try to solidify their spot in the division, whether that's third in the division or potentially pushing up to be a team that has home ice in the first round. Conversely, though, with the Kings playing as well as they have, those games in hand mean that they have a chance to make up ground and put themselves in a good position, too. So it's a division that, to me, especially at, at the top of the division, is much more fascinating than I thought it would be this yeah. year. The battles and, and how tight things are. And then, to be honest, it's fascinating further down the division, too, because I don't think any of us would have expected the Oilers to be in the spot that they are right now. And they're going to be an interesting team to watch down the stretch in terms of their ability or potentially lack thereof to get on a run and push back into a playoff spot. Brendan, always fun talking to you. Have a great holiday season and a great call tonight. We'll talk soon, okay? Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Have a good one. Again, that is Brendan Batchelor, the voice of the Vancouver Canucks, joining us here on the Sharks Audio Network. Join us tonight, pregame 6.30, go time 7. Dan Rusinowski on the call. For the San Jose Sharks, I'm Ted Ramey signing off. This podcast can be found for download under Sharks Hockey Digest on iTunes, Google, and Spotify. And on demand anytime on the Sharks Plus SAP Center app presented by Western Digital. All music by Yogi Yend.